Welcome! You're listening to Spirit Normal. I'm Erica Nefrio, yoga instructor, Reiki master, and intuitive. And I'm Jamie K. Brown, registered nurse, energy medicine practitioner, and intuitive. Since 2018, my practice has been dedicated to helping people heal from the inside out, as I did. My practice is also dedicated to helping people connect to themselves and live soul-aligned lives. We're here to normalize using intuition and energy medicine. We're dedicated to expanding the concept of spirituality and helping you apply it to everyday living. Join us as we explore these topics on Spirit Normal. Welcome. We are so excited to be here today for our fourth podcast episode. Today we have a very special guest and our first guest ever here on Spirit Normal, Corinne Kopp. Corinne is an amazing professional in the um, alternative and complementary medicine field. And when I first met Corinne, it was several years ago when she walked into my office for a session and she's just wonderful person, wonderful energy, great to be around. At the time, Corinne was working full-time as a mental health therapist. Um, She's professionally trained in that field. And I've had the pleasure of watching Corinne change her entire life, the the way that she works with her clients, um, the way that she lives her life, and just really blossom into this incredible human being and basically as we talk about becoming who she really truly was all along underneath and bringing that beautiful self to the surface. So I'm so excited to be here with Corinne today, having her as our first guest. Um, I'll let Jamie tell you a little bit about her experiences with Corinne and then you'll meet Corinne. So Corinne is a dear friend of mine. Um, We've known each other for a few years now as well, so I've witnessed her wonderful transformation too, and I feel like that's been a privilege to watch, and she's helped me along my growth process as well. So for me, Corinne was actually the first person to really teach me how to feel my emotions, and that may seem strange, but it's true. Um, Corinne, like Erica said, is professionally trained as a mental health therapist, She trained at the University of Pennsylvania and has worked in various roles, including having a successful private practice. She then shifted into a more holistic approach and brings a lot of her training from her education into her approach now. And I'll let her expand on that a bit and then we'll talk more about feeling your emotions. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm incredibly grateful to be here and to be a part of this magnificent podcast. I'm very grateful for the work that you both are doing in normalizing the spiritual experience, which I believe is really the purpose of our human existence to connect to our core states of being. And so this is an awesome opportunity and awesome podcast. I'm so grateful to you both. So about me, my journey really started um, as a child, (laughs) obviously, but I understood from the beginning that I was very sensitive and I was very impacted by other people's emotions. And so um, I began to really start to um, shut down my sense of feeling. And so I ended up um, eventually developing um, an eating disorder, depression, anxiety, a number of diagnosable conditions by the time I was into high school because I was shutting down um, those processes that were attempting to clear out that energy from my system. 
And so I needed to relearn how to feel my feelings and I started traditional services. I started in college with a therapist, dietitian, I saw psychiatry, you know, typical Western medicine and um, understood from the gate that this would be something I would deal with lifelong. It was very clear to me um, from a number of different providers over the years that this was not something that I would ever um, not need to monitor, not need to continue to look over my shoulder. And I knew deep down inside of me that was not the experience that I wanted. So um, there was always this kind of thought of like, well, that's not why I'm here. That's not how I want to live my life. And so I didn't understand that there was more to it. So for me, I saw years worth of providers. I was a client first before I was a professional in the field. And even then, I had this stigma for myself of having been through these struggles and feeling like I was less than as a provider because I had had these issues and these difficulties and these challenges and problems that I would never be rid of. And so um, it was a very, <laughs> very big blessing, although at the time I wouldn't have described it as such, that in college I was introduced to yoga. Yoga was the first piece of kind of quote-unquote alternative service medicine that I was um, introduced to, and I absolutely hated it. It was the worst thing in the world. I went not knowing what to expect, which was good, otherwise I would not have gone. <laughs> I... Um, was in this room and sitting in these poses or postures or I didn't know what they were at the time, you know, trying to contort my body and to breathe and to, you know, do these movements and I was livid. All of this anger was pouring out of me. I was mad at the teacher, at the other students, I hated the room, the lighting was too bright, I wanted to leave but I couldn't get up and leave, I was too anxious. I was forced to sit with myself and all of these emotions that I had neglected since childhood. And so um, I didn't go back. <laughs> I didn't go back for, for years, but there was something to it that um, really kind of got me uh, introduced to what it meant to uh, heal myself and to look deeply inside and allow my emotional experiences. So Fast forward, um, two years later, I was introduced to hot yoga, and hot yoga fit my still then um, punishment-oriented mentality um, for correcting my behavior, right? I thought I needed discipline and, and punishment and a, a mean, ruthless approach, and so um, hot yoga fit that definition of what I thought was to correct my, my behavior, and uh, turns out that uh, I tell people yoga got me. Um, even though I was um, approaching it from this very um, negative standpoint, what happened was that I remember distinctly I walked out of um, the city, uh, the Center City Studio in Philadelphia um, in graduate school, and I knew something was different because I noticed that the trees in Philadelphia had leaves on them. Now, I lived there for years, and I had never noticed the leaves on these trees. And I, it was almost as if I was walking on a movie set, that everything was happening around me, but I was observing it. And I realized, like, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. This is what I've wanted, even though I didn't have the words for it. I didn't even have the words for it then. But what I wanted was to be connected to my core and my um, present moment, you know, just observing my reality and not being emotionally impacted by the world around me. I felt very empowered and very 
um, at peace, at, at ease with life. And so I knew that what that was was what I wanted. And so from then, my life shifted. I went to yoga teacher training, <laughs> astonishing even to me. Um, I started getting trained in meditation and uh, Reiki and energy medicine practices and really started evolving my world. Now, after that, though, I, you know, post this is when I had built my private practice after being in inpatient residential day treatment outpatient settings, but I wasn't incorporating yet what I was learning in these, you know, quote unquote, alternative models. And so it took me some time to trust that this was really what um, was needed. But I got there because my clients, right, were feeling like something was missing that just in talking about things, we weren't necessarily getting to the core of what it was. And so um, this really connected to energy as emotion, right? Or emotion as energy, because there was sometimes nonverbal pieces, right? Like people have experiences in utero and in childhood before there's the verbal capacity to process, and they impact us later in life. So those feelings of my clients and myself that there were other things past mental health services was what really led me to, like Erica and Jamie both mentioned, really transition from traditional services into quote-unquote alternative services. And so I flipped my practice on its head and I offer, you know, um, primarily energy work and energy services, helping people understand how to process their emotions with the mental health therapy component of, um, you know, traditional counseling, coaching, guidance, and advice. And so it's been absolutely a wonderful transition. My clients notice extensive differences and much um, um, deeper change in transition, especially if they've had the foundation of, of mental health work and services in the, in the Western way. Corinne, I want to ask you, because I know that you know, when we met, you were working full time as a mental health professional and um, had, you know, um, a lot of clients, a very successful business at that time. And I know that some of those clients have come with you for this this journey and this transition that you you've um, created for yourself and that that has created obviously a huge transition for them as well. So I'm curious on two things here. And one is the transition that you've noticed with your clients but also your own, like how does it feel to be a provider now versus how it felt to be um, a provider before in, in the traditional sense that you were working in? So I'll speak to the client part first. Um, the, the transition for my clients was absolutely amazing. It validated for me that I was on the right track because I kept them abreast of every change, right, as I was making it in transition from being a licensed mental health therapist, right, working within those parameters to being an energy healer, an energy worker, and working with that um, just as um, additional support, right? So, like, it was definitely a night and day change, um, and so my, my clients were really a testament to um, you know, the work that they were doing and the depth that they were going when they were continuing, right? Because how I view it is that, um, you know, the, the mental health framework, right, of traditional services give an excellent basis, right, for energy work and the ability to be introspective, right? Like you have some level of 
um, awareness and some level of ability to sit with and be with yourself and understand what makes you tick. And so with that, it's an excellent launching off point. So it really was a testament to my clients and the work that they were doing when they continued with me because they were willing to go deeper and deeper and deeper. They were looking for that same piece that I had found of whatever words you want to put to it, right? I don't think there's one way to describe it. What I'm meaning is like connection, oneness, you know, like that peace, that ease that we find when we're just in the moment and just so at one with everything around us. It's it's a very spiritual concept, but a very normal experience that I think is our true state of being. So, you know, they were the ones that were willing to to go there, which was wonderful. And it was beautiful to see their transitions and how their lives evolved really in a parallel process to mine as mine was evolving too. So it was a wonderful journey to kind of share on that level, even though, you know, very different, obviously. So that was definitely the client um, piece of it. And I was so grateful for for their continuance, right, for them, because it totally transformed their lives, which was awesome. And then for myself as a provider, I mean, I, I have to say the same. <laughs> like It was night and day. Um, I think so much so because I I felt like something was missing and I didn't have words for it, right? I I couldn't necessarily communicate that to my fellow therapist colleagues of like, it just doesn't feel like it's, I guess the word is comprehensive. Um, like there's, there's more, right? There's more um, uh, depth, there's more experience, there's more emotion, there's more that is possible than just the parameters that were provided as a traditionally trained therapist. So I didn't have a lot of... Um, colleagues I could converse with, which was a challenging transition for me to trust and to jump and make those leaps. Um, But the reason that I did is because I knew without a doubt from that time when I walked out of the yoga studio in Philadelphia that, that there was nothing more natural. There was nothing more um, worthwhile to pursue. And so I definitely feel like for myself, the transition from traditional, um, kind of definitions of how I was supposed to be to now has been my transition for myself personally, professionally, of how I'm supposed to be to how I truly am. And I don't think there's any bigger gift, any bigger um, benefit to to being human and to really blooming into like who you are. And I think that's one of the most beautiful processes and my um, hope for all of the clients that I work with. So internal alignment, that's the, that's the word that keeps coming up as you're talking, that internal alignment when we can feel just really, really, truly at peace, really, truly embodied in our bodies, um, experiencing our experience of life exactly how we want to be experiencing it, not, you know, societal or familial or, or anything else, educational constraints, you know, professional constraints, just really truly being our full selves and and having that internal alignment and part of what we are going to talk about today is about um, feeling your feelings and and how um, Corinne has brought this into her practice um, and also how Jamie and I incorporate it into our practices and how we really feel that feelings are this beautiful way for us to to understand what's going on within, to sort of process, to, to allow these feelings to be messages and to allow them to just kind of come up, move out of us. And every time that we do that, we get just that little bit closer to that 
internal alignment that we're talking about, that inner peace, that sort of ineffable, right? We can't even figure out how to put it into words sometimes, but it's just this feeling that we have within our bodies. Erica, I think that's a really great way to put it is internal alignment. I think that that is a key in really blossoming in your own life is feeling what words would be is internal alignment and a big part of that is learning how to feel what you're actually feeling because until we can identify what we're actually feeling we can't tell if something is right for us or not because if you have all of these shoulds piled on top of an experience I should do this because it makes me money I should stay in this relationship because of x y or z we're not truly in touch with how we're feeling. We're in those mental thoughts, which is where I used to live in a lot of my life. I identified as a very intellectual person, um, and so I always had a hard time feeling my feelings until I met the lovely Corinne. When I met her, I was really having trouble with a lot of pain in my body. And there was one time that I was having physical pain in my shoulder, and I was also having this feeling of anxiety, like there was internal stuff happening, but I didn't really know what it was, how to describe it, and certainly not how to experience it. So I was with her and she suggested to simply go into those feelings. And this is Corinne's process that she works with her clients on. And it's relatively simple, you know, we put it into words as feeling your feelings in your body, but really it's so helpful to have a coach like Corinne or myself or Erica to walk you through this, especially when you start. Because again, for me, my default was to be in my head about my feelings. So my first question was always, well, why am I feeling sad? I was like, it doesn't matter if I'm feeling that I need to allow that feeling to internally align with the feeling of sadness and allow that to be okay and that was something that I was never really taught explicitly and it's certainly not something that society ever really encouraged me to do because if you cry you're weak or you're if you're mad then you know you're triggered or whatever the, the words are nowadays and we have to realize that all of that stuff is simply like silly peer pressure and that it's important that we allow ourselves to really go into those internal experiences and allow them to be what they're going to be as long as we're in a safe space. And again, Corinne was that space, safe space for me and it helped me align with myself, how I was truly feeling and ultimately how I was feeling about where I was in my life which was not aligned with Western medicine working as a nurse. And through my, what I call, awakening process, really alignment process, I learned more and more that, like Corinne said about the mental health world, that there, was, there were pieces missing, that the care that I saw and was giving was not comprehensive. And I couldn't internally align with not giving my clients the patients in the hospital and the clinic I was working at and all the different ways that I tried to make it work, I wasn't giving them all I could, I knew I could give them. And that's when I stepped out and I really focused on coming into alignment with myself through feeling these feelings, 
allowing these thoughts that, you know, were saying to me, like, this isn't it for you, Jamie. And those thoughts felt really scary at first. And they, cause they came with a whole bunch of emotions. A lot of grief came when I left Western medicine and moved into a more holistic approach because to be frank, it's seen as less scientific. It's seen as pseudoscience sometimes. And so there was a part of me, I had to grieve the loss of what I perceived as my status or my identity when really this was my true identity, you know, this more holistic, comprehensive approach that I now bring to my clients and how I help them understand what's going on physically in their bodies. There was a time in my life when I had, I was 27, and I've kind of talked a little bit about this, these kinds of things before, going through a lot of major life changes and a, an unhealthy uh, marriage and so forth. But at the time, I had joined a 12-step program, um, Adult Children of Alcoholics, and I was finding it very helpful for myself in healing some of my childhood trauma. And in that program, I had a sponsor, and I can remember one of our very first phone calls she said, how are you feeling? And I, I had to like pause. I can still feel the whole moment, like sitting on the edge of my bed on this phone, just staring at my closet. And I just remember thinking like, how am I feeling? Like, what is she talking about? Like, I don't know how I'm feeling. And just this awareness in that moment in time of how numb I had become. And of course we can, you know, dive into all of these things later, but what is important here is just that I had completely shut all of my emotions off. So I was no longer feeling anything. And there had been a time in my life when I was, and as an empath, you know, picking up everyone else's things and not realizing what's mine and what's other people's, not having even awareness that I was an empath, not even knowing that word existed. But here I am, 27 years old, mother of two, I've been married for five years at this point, and I had no idea how I was feeling. And the thing that I learned through that was that, yes, I had numbed myself. I had shut my emotions off and stopped feeling them. And that was a defense mechanism that I was utilizing at the time because things were just way too painful for me to feel and experience, or at least I felt that they were going to be way too painful for me to feel and experience at that time. But not only did I shut myself off from the quote-unquote bad or negative and heavy emotions, but I also shut myself off from all of the good emotions, all the ones that we like to feel, the love, the joy, the peace, just, just being in love with life. I was not in that space at all. And so when we are talking about emotions, it's not just, you know, the heavy and difficult ones. Yes, we have to feel all of those, but we also have to allow space to feel all of the good ones. And I've seen this aside from myself. Of course, I've seen it with clients too, is when we shut this, this, you know, valve off, let's say, we are cutting ourselves off from all of the beautiful parts of life too. And it's one of those things where it's like, you don't even know what you don't know. So sometimes there's not even an awareness that you're missing out on how incredible life can feel, how incredible you can feel and how incredible life can be. And so this is why this whole, you know, conversation that we're having right now, this work that we all do, this work, um, this very particular way that Corinne has created in experiencing feeling your feelings is so valuable and necessary because we all need to have that space where we can feel safe 
to feel and, and feel the good stuff too. Sometimes I have to help my clients see that they need permission to feel happy. You know, they need permission to, to be loved, to feel love, to give love, to receive love. And so creating this space, creating these conversations around it, it's just such an incredible thing. So um, let Corinne talk a little bit about it now um, and her experiences with it. Yeah, thank you. And I think that's a perfect mention. Um, two points to what you both were saying. Um, one, that we we don't need to have experienced trauma right in this in the way that we define trauma right we always think of it as these incredibly significant huge life events that impact us maybe unknowingly right so people don't need to have had these experiences that was one of the things that i carried with me for a long time that i thought that because i hadn't had the significant traumatic past none of these horrible experiences that i know other people have um, encountered that i didn't think i should feel how i was feeling and so that neglected my own experience and also um, made it difficult for me to understand that my experience was valid. I didn't allow myself to feel how I was feeling because I didn't feel worthy too, right? Like my um, experience wasn't up to par with what was considered um, valid for me having depression, right? I had all of these wonderful things and then this education and my family and, you know, yada, yada. But the piece that I want to really emphasize is that we all have traumatic experiences. For your experience, right, like it is completely unique to you. I have an older brother, right? But technically we grew up with different parents, you know, because from the time he grew up, right, or he was born and had three years before me, like he experienced my parents one way, right? And when I came in, I had my own personality, my own traits, my own way of interacting with my parents and my surroundings, right? Like we all have had different unique experiences, whether you're a twin or you have all these siblings, right? Even if you're, um, you know, kind of similarly dynamic to someone else, right? In age, race, socioeconomic status, all of that looks the same, right? Family dynamics, like it doesn't matter if, um, you know, your experiences are similar. Like it is valid that um, what you consider to be impactful for you, right? Like is a better word than trauma because we're all impacted. When we're little, when we're young, we don't have the emotional capacity, the emotional education and training even language to express, to emote, right? And so um, the other piece that ties in is that, um, you know, speaking of natural state of being is that think of um, like real little kids, like maybe you have them involved in your life to some degree. When they are tiny, before they really get a lot of societal expectations and family expectations placed on them, you can see them on the playground, maybe right running around, and maybe if the, one of them falls, right, someone attends to them and they're expressing their emotion, maybe sadness or whatever it may be, right, there's no real damage to the skin, right, they don't need any type of treatment. Um, moments later, right, they're up, back running into their normal play, right, that elevated state of being. That is really our natural way of processing emotion, allowing it to rise, to come up, and to be released from the system. And so um, when we are in adulthood, right, is usually when these things start to appear, adolescence, adulthood, right, the things that we haven't been able to process in childhood. So it's, you don't need to have any precursors, right? There isn't any barometer of measurement of, you know, you are worthy of of treatment or services or support or help or healing. We are all on this journey of coming 
back to ourselves, to our natural state of being, and um, it looks different for everybody. So returning to our natural state of being as children, right, is really the most natural thing we can do, and it's, um, I think, uh, a bit unfortunate that our society has gotten to this point where it is so unnatural, right, to feel how we feel, that um, it's so foreign to most people. You know, I ask individuals, how are you feeling? And sometimes they're like, oh, I'm doing good. And I'm like, wait a second. First, good is not a feeling. And I didn't say anything about doing, right? So it's very foreign, like Erica was speaking of, to express how you're feeling. You know, someone at checkout, right, at the cashier might be like, oh, you know, how are you? Like, oh, I'm good, right? Like, it's a very social norm to be good. To not have issues, to not express them, and so there is no um, shame, there's no judgment, there's no criticism, there's no need to feel that um, it is like you should do it alone, right? Because in our culture, so many of us have been conditioned after generation after generation after generation to not be expressive, right? To be stronger and man up, not cry, like don't be a sissy, don't be a girl, right? Any of these conditioned things that we've heard time after time after time after time after time, right, have been passed down. Like, this has been learning in the making for years and years. So if, you know, your family members don't know this, right, if your friends don't know this, like, it is very common to kind of be maybe um, venturing out into this new territory and feeling like a fish out of water, which is why it's wonderful to have support, right, to have people who are um, available, who are willing to help, who are non-judgmental, like all the women collected here, right, that have been there, that understand it, that can approach it with compassion and empathy because we've been through it and it's completely understandable that you, me, us, right, we don't have a basis for it. We don't have a foundation. They don't teach this in school, right? Like it is totally new, um, but it is very natural. So it is very easy to pick up, to understand, to integrate, and to learn. Um, but the application, right, the integration is usually where people need their reminder, right? Just like when we change any type of behavior, we want to make any type of growth in our life, um, it is um, important to have some accountability. And so that, I think, is the beauty of having sessions with providers that are um, kind of on, maybe on a consistent basis or some level of accountability so that we're reminded to to begin to integrate these things, right? How has it been going applying it? Like, it's not a once and done thing. For me, myself, at my own evolution, like I told you, I started out hating yoga, right? Like, that was, I think, even a 30-minute introduction class. It wasn't even an hour that I was trying to sit with myself, and I was absolutely... Um, livid I was enraged um, because I had shoved so much of that anger down so beginning this is um, it takes uh, courage right it takes determination but it's in there right like if you think of mostly um, any child right they are just gung-ho and you know they believe that they can do anything they put their minds to and so all of us have been children right we've been in that position of just these wild amazing beautiful splendid dreams for ourselves and our lives and it's um it's cap you're capable of getting back there and um you know with the support and you know step-by-step -step support along the way it's totally totally doable and um more than achievable to get back to that natural state of being and being in the flow and just feeling like you 
And so, um, you know, if there's anxiety or anything of getting there, approaching it, um, that's totally normal. And eventually that will subside and it will be replaced really with the flip side of it, um, which is excitement. All the emotions I know um, Jamie has talked about um, in previous podcasts of they have energetic signatures, right? So, for instance, anxiety in the body a lot of times for people might feel like shakiness in the hands or tightness in the chest, right? They have these um, ways of displaying themselves. And so um, they'll have opposites, right? So anxiety, the flip side is excitement. So as you start um, clearing and feeling your feelings and allowing yourself to express and emote and clean out these stuck emotions, you'll notice lightness and openness and um, just a new kind of renewed sense of of being alive you know erica mentioned shutting down so much and feeling numb and jamie's talked about it causing chronic pain and all of these issues right these are signs of being so emotionally stunted and emotionally shut down that when you start to release them there's this renewed vigor and um, passion for life which is wonderful i think that's something that's so important to add is that when we feel our emotions, and I know like I was super guilty of this, you know, and I've, I've worked with so many clients around this, is that it feels terrifying. It feels like the scariest thing ever. Um, you know, I've even had clients be like, well, what if, what if I start to feel this emotion and I, I never get out of it? You know, like there's this, this underlying fear of getting stuck into an emotion. And certainly we're talking about some of those heavy emotions like fear or sadness, you know, grief, um, anger, things where they're afraid to, to go into them. And I think what is so beautiful is that as you learn these processes and you learn how to express um, these emotions really to feel through them, you learn that number one, they don't last that long. So feelings have about, or I don't want to say feelings, actually, I'm going to use the word emotions here with this, but emotions have about a 90 second lifespan. So we understand that there is a rise, this peak of this emotion, and then there is a fall. So you can think of this sort of as a wave, you know, in the ocean crash, crashing against the shoreline. It comes up, it peaks, and then it crashes and it recedes goes back into the ocean and so this is exactly how it feels when you allow yourself that moment to feel the emotion just rises and then it falls and goes back and what we have um, what we know is that after you have felt that emotion you shift back into that internal alignment and your internal alignment is of love it's of peace right it's the sense of of just knowing, of, of feeling good, feeling being in your body. And so that's another way that we know that an emotion has been felt through is because the set point, the return, is this space of really just ease, this internal ease. And with these emotions, you know, going through and feeling it initially can feel terrifying. And, and we all understand that because we've all been in that exact spot. You know, and like I've said, sometimes people have said to me literally, like, I'm afraid to start crying because I'm afraid I'm never going to stop crying. Um, before we recorded this podcast today, Corinne and I were discussing this a little bit. And Corinne's like, physiologically, that's not even possible. It, it's, it's literally not possible for your physiological system to sustain an emotion for an extended amount of time. Um, so 
so it's like intellectually we can know that right and then we just have to sort of allow our bodies to move through those spaces um, that's why working with a practitioner initially to kind of get the idea of how does this work having someone hold space for you in a non-judgmental way and a compassionate um, you know loving way is so valuable and then as you learn how this process works you get the hang of it and and you, you know you're doing um, you're doing it in real time and I think that that is so important um, that this process can can be can be quick later initially it is something that does take a little bit of time learning how to do right <laughs> if you wanted to learn how to surf you don't just like paddle out into the ocean catch your first wave and ride it and and, and you've got it you know sometimes it takes a little while to, to figure out exactly how it works and to get that flow right to move through that wave and I think another piece of this that's super important too, like I had mentioned before, when I was so just completely numb and completely shut off, was like I was feeling nothing. And um, and I've, I've had clients be in that same space as well. But when we open up these this valve, let's say, to the emotions and allowing ourselves to feel through these emotions, we open up also to feel the good stuff. And just like the heavy stuff doesn't last that long this this beautiful other stuff doesn't necessarily like the peak of the emotion doesn't necessarily last all all that long either you know think about the last time that you were like super excited about something like if you actually just sort of let this rise like oh so excited and then just kind of let it fall like yeah this feels really good back to that sort of internal set point that internal alignment um, if we stay in a certain emotion for too long, right? If we stay in in this excitement for too long, it can kind of turn into like a a manic kind of like uncomfortable space. So we don't want to don't we don't want to hang out in those um, wonderful emotions in that high set point either for too long. It's all about just sort of riding all of the waves as they come, feeling them all, and constantly bringing yourself back to that beautiful internal set point that we all have this peace, this love that resides inside of us, and being in that true authentic um, space. Those are all really good points, Erica. As we've already said, because those emotions can feel terrifying in the beginning when you start to le really learn how to feel them, it's important to work with someone who knows how to hold space. And what does hold space mean? Well, hold space is really just allowing but having someone there to witness what you're going through oftentimes when we're growing up um, if we have you know parents that are in our lives sometimes they try to fix whatever's going on so as a child you might come home from school upset about something and if you're emoting if you're crying they may say oh honey what's wrong how can I help um, tell me what to do and they might just try to fix it right off the bat and you may feel that your experience of your sadness was cut short. Again, maybe not consciously, but again, there's this attitude of fixing the emotion rather than allowing the emotion to fully pass through and then possibly discussing solutions. But that space needs to be held for you to ex fully experience the emotions and allow that energy to fully, fully, fully flow through your body. And um, that's what working with an experienced practitioner can do. And I, I think that 
we've all established that, you know, we have experience with this with our clients and in our personal lives. And I'm going to let Corinne talk a little bit about how to consider and to how to choose a provider, whether that's in the more traditional mental Western mental health space or in the more holistic space with a practitioner um, like ourselves. And what Jamie was just mentioning about um, holding space is what I was uh, wanting to articulate with my example of a child, um, you know, a young child who might have fallen, right, and have somebody hold that space, right? No one's rushing in to fix it and tell them it's fine, it's okay. Like, they're allowed to emote, to express, and then that running its course, right, up to its peak, like Erica was talking about, and then back down to natural state of being, um, is holding space. And so it is, um, I think, a very unique trait that um, I think people who maybe identify as empath, they're sensitive, right? I know there's highly sensitive therapists, um, you know, that there's kind of this um, ability that people sometimes naturally have of holding space, and you can also learn how to hold space. This doesn't have to be, you know, um, any one particular thing. Um, it's more of a feeling, and so when you're looking for a provider, a practitioner in any area, um, it's most important of the feel, right? And maybe because we're talking about, right, clearing that out so you have a clear sense of feeling right clearing out stuck emotions so you know clearly how you feel it might not be very strong at first um, but we all have that gut sense of things right that intuition that is like mm, no just didn't really like them right and you don't need to intellectualize it right you don't need to have all of these reasons or um, you know this validation of why they weren't good from an intellectual standpoint it can just be that it's not a good fit Right, or maybe even you work with somebody, right? Um, it's not just like a consultation or something, and it's just, eh, you know, it's just not a great feel. That's totally fine. So don't get discouraged, right? If the first person you work with, or you know, you're you're vetting out people, and it just feels like no, um, if they're not the one, that's okay, right? There are providers out there, there are practitioners out there. I believe for everybody, right? Kind of like the idea of partners and soulmates and things like that, right? Like I believe that we all have people out there to support us and to be with us on our journey. And it might not be the first person that you come across, right? It might not be the second person, but you can trust how you feel even when you're starting this journey and beginning to clear out the emotions and get in immense clarity. So don't be discouraged, keep looking, and it's definitely worth the journey to find somebody that can support you in this path to, to um, awakening. Thank you, Corinne. I think that is a really important point is that because um, sometimes I've heard people discussing different modalities even within like the spiritual realm and, and the traditional medicine realm of like, oh, well, I tried this, but I didn't like it. I've, I've even had people email me and say like, well, I had Reiki and it was a bad experience. So like, I don't know if I should try it again. <laughs> so um, just keeping in mind that a lot, you know, every practitioner is going to have their own little twist and their own little energy and how they offer things and do things and that your energy needs to connect with their energy. This is um, something that's important. So kind of work, you know, finding the person that you feel drawn to and, and starting with that person and then going from there and, and again, using that internal GPS to help you. But that if you do have an experience that doesn't feel so great, maybe not giving up on the whole entire modality, right? Or the whole entire field of, um, of medicine, but rather, 
continuing to look for for someone else who maybe is a better fit for you so um, that's super important even with with therapy you know traditional therapy it's not just sort of you know you go to one person and it doesn't work so that's you would just call it quits and sometimes you just need a different therapist sometimes you just need a different yoga teacher <laughs> sometimes you just need someone else and, and a different sort of energy and what they bring to the table and that's where it's going to start to click for you So ultimately, we are here to encourage you on your journey of feeling your feelings, getting into those emotions, and we want you to know that we're here for you and that we hope that this podcast really encouraged you to feel like you can do this. Um, because like we said, we understand that this can feel terrifying. It can feel like you have, might have a lifetime of things to deal with, but you just take it one step at a time and each step of the way, you will feel that lightness, you will feel brighter, you will feel more yourself. And ultimately, that's the goal, is for you to feel more internally aligned with how you are feeling in the present moment, so you can make decisions that are more aligned with yourself. And each time you do that, it'll just encourage that same internal alignment. And before you know it, you'll be blossoming and changing into the person that maybe has been buried down there a little bit and um, you know you'll be you'll be feeling more like yourself ultimately so Corinne we want to thank you for being here and for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us and uh, we're just so thankful to have had you on this episode thank you both so much this is an important topic so near and dear to my heart with my own personal experience and how I serve clients so I'm grateful that you are both continuing that conversation and putting this out to such a wonderful network of people. Yes, thank you so much, Corinne, for being here today. It was it was so wonderful. I absolutely loved this this podcast, and I'm really excited about um, sharing this information with the world. So we hope that all of you who listened enjoyed this today. And as always, all of our contact info is in the show notes. But I'm also going to plug um, Corinne's website here. So it's CorinneCop.com, C-O-R-R-I-N-E-K-O-P-P.com. If you would like to connect with Corinne, check out her work um, and consider working with her. And like I said, everything will be in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Spirit Normal. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review, screenshot it, and send it to spiritnormalpodcast at gmail.com for a chance to be entered into a monthly drawing for a free session with either Erica or Jeannie. And don't forget to make spirit normal in your life.